to the Encouragement Corner. My name is, as always, Finley Baxter, and I am your host. I'm here today with Janet Wallace and Clarissa Gibson of Tuttle First Assembly. We are here to talk about my one of my favorite ministries in the world and the one where I have my most formative experience, youth ministry, and I'm so excited. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Wow, yes. that, that sounded so excited. I'm so happy to be here. Question mark? No, question mark. Yeah. I am very happy to be here. Me too. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, of course, because you are a queen and I love you. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> yes, you too, Clarissa. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> she is. It's she true. is. She is a queen. Okay, so, so I was reading through the Bible as I want to do as a Christian and as a human being. Um, so... I, I came across this verse and I was like, oh, yes, because like, I think it really like encompasses the spirit of what youth ministry is. It's Romans 10, 14. And it says, how then can they call on one whom, in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without somebody preaching to them? I think there's like there's a tendency a lot of times, especially with like that middle school age like, age bracket where like people are slowly losing their minds and the parents are like, ah, this child has, has just gone to the devil. There's just there's no hope in the world. There's, uh-huh. They're gone. I can't save them. And they, so they just completely ignore them. But that's about that's about that time when they're really like first starting to question faith. They're like, OK, why do I why do I believe this? What 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 is the reason for people teaching me all this stuff? Like it's what? what's in it for me? What is, what is this faith? And they're like really starting to come into their own. And like, if you can get to them at that age, you can create a faith that lasts through just anything. Yes. And like, I think it's so cool that we have people like you, Clarissa and you, Janet, that like you have taken on this mountain of youth ministry, which can, it, it can look beautiful, but it can look uh, less so. So <laughs> yeah, incredibly and totally terrifying, terrifying, yes. sometimes heartbreaking. Sometimes yes. it's just, it depends on the week. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you guys, what like what are your names? At, because we haven't said them before. Uh, what, so introduce yourselves and tell me how you got started in youth ministry. Okay. I'm Janet Wallace, and I got started um, through my husband, actually. He was a youth pastor full-time at a church, and I met him in college, and uh, he was already doing full-time ministry at a church, and so I ended up there as a volunteer and uh, youth ministry kind of adopted me. I don't know that I knew that that's what I wanted to do or be a part of necessarily when I was in college. I knew that I wanted to serve a church. I knew that I was passionate about God and um, but I just I didn't know the direction. So when Jeremy came along and he's like, I do this thing with teenagers and we love Jesus and we go to camps and it's a good time. I was like, okay, I'll give it a whirl. And so, um, really started as a volunteer. And then at our next church, I was able to get more involved and, um, started helping. I have a, I have some music in my background. And so I started helping students, grow in their ministry gifts when it came to music and some fine art stuff and things like that. And, um, I've just always loved being around the energy that comes with youth ministry. Um, it's very unique. There's nothing, (laughs) there's nothing like it. Yes. Um, and whenever my husband became the lead pastor of our church, um, I took on the lead youth ministry role and that was about almost seven years ago so and I've been doing it as the lead youth minister since then yeah I like it and she's doing an amazing job just so you're aware she really is she really is (laughs) 
So what about you, Clarissa? Um, I'm Clarissa Gibson, and I am a volunteer under Janet at the youth group. Um, and I got started like three, four years ago-ish. Um, and why or how did I get started? Well, I ran away from that calling about 15 years ago. Yep. I was yep, at youth yep. camp of all places, and the Lord said, I want you in youth ministry. And I said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I feel that. That's a, that is, as the children call it, a mood. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a definite mood. And, you know, you get all hyped up at youth camp, and the Holy Spirit does do things. But then I got home, and I was just convinced that I just went through the motions. And it wasn't really a calling because there was no call, like there was no ministry calling in my family background. So I just ran away from it for about a decade and a half. And then, yeah, you know, it's a feeling. (laughs) (laughs) And we have a lot of feelings. uh, It's you know what? It's I'm down with it. Let's let's feel. Let us have emotions together. I mean, God did create me, and that was part of it. Especially going through the youth ministry and stuff, like being in youth and then being a leader is. I was created with all these feelings. And so I have to embrace them in order to teach others the difference between feelings and spiritual callings. Amen. Say it again so, louder for the people in the back. That <laughs> is, I got started because I was tired of running away from the Holy Spirit. There you go. It is it is actually emotionally exhausting to run away from the Holy Spirit. It really it, is. It's Guys, if you're a woman or a, a man or I don't, I don't even know, <laughs> listening to this podcast and you know that you have a call of God in your life, please just do it. For the love of all that is holy, just do that it. That has been a lot of just, what Clarissa and I have talked about just today. Just do it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Do ministry. Do your calling. You know that like weight on your chest and that sense of general exhaustion you feel? That's called not doing what you're supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. my guy. So it's, <laughs> it's easier to walk with the Holy Spirit it than is. it is to run away from him. It is. Like, don't wait. Don't wait to get swallowed by a whale. Just mm-hmm. just go. Yeah. Just just do it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Correct. So. All right, what are some of the biggest challenges that you faced in youth ministry, like you personally? I think when I started, I would say that Satan attacked me a lot with insecurity, like feeling ill-equipped and undeserving of a position like that, um, that I just wasn't supposed to be there or I didn't know enough. I didn't, even though I had been a volunteer for many years before that, um, there's a weight that comes when you are the one in charge of the ministry. And I think that I didn't realize that was going to happen. And I think that it took me a while to find my spiritual confidence and realize where, who I am is exactly who these students that the Holy Spirit is drawing to our youth ministry need Um, and to rest in that and to not feel like, well, I should be more like the Satan's really good at lying to us about like either you're too much or you're not enough. Yeah. It's like you're too much or especially women, I think. Yeah. It's like you're too this, you're too loud, you're too, you're too much or you're too quiet or you're not enough. Yeah. And I think that when you're starting in any new area of ministry where God has called you to step out. Um, that is one thing that I think that he knows to attack first is, is that part of you that says, uh, well, are you sure? Are you sure? Well, only this many kids are coming or that conversation didn't go great. Or how are you going to handle this when this comes up? Or 
you know, all of these things. And the truth is, is that when we rest in our relationship with the Lord and seek him and realize he is the place where we find ourselves and our identity and all of that, it's so much easier. It's so much easier to just be like, you know, I am going to screw up. I am going to make mistakes. I am going to say things from the pulpit that maybe I shouldn't say. I am going to have events that are going to flop. But my job is to show up and to be prepared. And it's the Holy Spirit's job job to draw the hey. kids that need to be there. There, men. It's yeah. not you that powers your ministry. It's God. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely yes. think insecurity played a role in when I started. Um, and yeah, I like it. Yeah. What about you, Miss Clarissa? Um, I would tag off of Janet and I a bunch of insecurities that the devil just uses. And the biggest one in regards to the youth kids has been that you expect all these things to happen because you kind of revert things back to when you were in youth and all the crazy things that you were going through and the Holy Spirit did with you and the things that you got. Um, but right now, uh, it's like you expect... We keep hitting brick walls. It's like these kids have walls up so high and they don't want to let people in. And so you kind of, I felt like a failure at times because I'm like, they should get it by now. Why are they not getting it? And I think it's just like one of those doors that we open up and we kind of let the devil sneak in and pull us down and antagonize with it. Like you should be doing more. If you could be doing this, then they would be getting it this way. So it is, it's going back to where's your safety and it's within the Lord. That where's so. your safety? Where's your peace? Where is yeah. your knowledge of like mm-hmm. where your strength is? Right. Yeah. What are you What are you confident in? The truth is, is that I can't be confident in myself because I make mistakes all the time. But I can be confident in God. Yeah. I have confidence that He will do what He says He's going to do when He says He's going to do it, and I have to rest in that confidence. No. Or it's going to be successful, but it's going to. Uh, be unstable yeah and it's going to be built on this foundation of works and things that you can do on your own and it's going to be about you and even though god can work in those situations and do amazing things because he's he is sovereign he can do it um it's so much better when we let him lead and we don't try to take it from him that's real yeah that's real. I like that. I like what, of course, brought up about uh, spiritual attacks because the devil really does atta- attack like your deepest, darkest fears about like, what if I destroy these kids' lives? What if I accidentally blaspheme from the pulpit and I t- and I t- <laughs> yeah. and like I teach these kids some horrible thing and then they go yeah. for, and it just like destroys their foundation. You know, it's like this is like catastrophizing thinking. But uh, so t- let's turn around. Turn around the other way. What kinds of spiritual attacks have you seen specifically in youth? Especially like nowadays, because being a youth today is so different from even when I was a youth. I am 26 years old, almost 27. And I cannot imagine what some of these youth kids are facing because it is everywhere. It is like it's it's coming at them from from angles I didn't even know were possible when I was that age. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, one of the conversations her Clarissa and I have had. Um, and we continue to have over and over again is that um, Satan is desperate to steal our identity in Christ. That, yes. And I yes. think 
that that follows in all of the areas when you're developing your humanness in your teenage years, like every area that God wants to get into and transform, Satan is like, well, are you sure? Mm -hmm. Are you sure that's what it is? And unfortunately, we're living in a generation um, of biblical illiteracy. Yes. Lots of kids not knowing and having that spiritual foundation and that biblical foundation. And it can cause a lot of what we have found is that we have to back up a lot. And it's not always super fun for the kids to get historical backgrounds on things. But they need it. But they need it. And so it's our job to not skip it. Mm. We can't skip it. We have to tell them where it comes from. Yes. (laughs) Like we have to give them context. Like you can't can't just just give them. No, we can't just give them a book of devotionals that has spiritual uplifting verses without any context of why. Why should I even believe what this book says? Why should I believe what this verse says? I don't know who this God is. Like we have to introduce them to who God is. Right. You are sp- you are spitting truth. I work like as you know, I work college ministry and like I have found that the difference between those who are like who just come in ready to like, hey, I'm gonna lead. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna lead people to Christ. I'm gonna have like a strong devotional life in college. And those who kind of come in like, oh, I I think I love Jesus. Is that foundation of not just like of prayer but of biblical knowledge of knowing who god is knowing the history of our faith knowing the history of what went down in the <laughs> what went down in the bible like i remember be my first year of of ministry having to explain that there were two testaments mm-hmm. to yeah. a college kid who had grown up in yeah. church yeah. In there. and yeah. i'm like yeah and my first thought was were you not paying attention but yeah. my my second thought my second <laughs> thought was like okay clearly there's been a gap in teaching here yeah, yeah. And so, like, yeah. I really, I really like that you bring that up because that means that your kids are going to be prepared <laughs> at I the hope very least. So. It's like, a lot to expect. Um, it's a lot to expect. You know, you have we only have the kids for like seven years. Yep. And we get them like an hour and a half a week. So, would you argue that there should also be some biblical literacy training in the home? I uh, absolutely. It's essential. Yeah. Like, yeah. what we what we can do. I'm not saying that. I mean, the Holy Spirit can do an amazing work in any kid, even if they're only coming that often. And I've seen it. I've seen testimonies of it. But this might put some Christian people in a – this might step on some toes. Nope, say it. But you cannot count on the church to teach your children about Jesus. Truth. You cannot count on the church. Like, like the church is here to is here to be your community. Yes. It's not here to be your kids' parents. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, if you have Jesus, you should be the first person to introduce your child to Jesus. It should be you. You should be the one. And if you haven't yet, do it now. Like, start now, and do it often. Like, talk about it. Like, if you're in ministry. It gets really hard because you think, oh, I'm doing all this ministry stuff and it gets busy and you forget like it's so easy for the enemy to come in and get you busy. And then here's your child who's just starving, who needs you as their parent to say. My relationship with Jesus is not dependent upon my position in the church. Amen. My position is my position. My calling is from the Lord. And my relationship with Jesus 
is not dependent on my position. Mm. And your relationship with Jesus is important. Amen. My dad, there's something my dad used to always say, well, he honestly still says, but parenting starts at birth. Yes. Like if you, if you you can't just start trying to parent your kid when they're like 15. (laughs) No. It's too late. You have forfeited your authority. You have forfeited your ability to influence. All you can do now is watch. Like you, like if you are a Christian parent, if you are a person who wants your child to grow up to be someone who loves the Lord, then you need to start that from birth. Because it's not, it's not that the kid can't find Christ later in life, but it's going to be that much harder, and they're going to have to sacrifice that much more time with, with their father. Yeah. That, and yeah. it goes on to, like, what I'm seeing is we're in a generation right now that they don't understand why they even need a Savior. And if those foundations aren't placed from infancy, hmm. then it's even more difficult, like you said, trying to teach a 15-year-old foundational things. Yes. Yeah. Because at that point, they're like, oh, I, I know everything. <laughs> Or I'm fine. Life's fine. Yes, it yeah. feels good. It's fine. Life's okay. fine because your your needs are taken care of. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm doing okay. Okay is fine. Yep. Like okay. Like as long as I'm not actively dying, everything's fine, right? Well, yes. If but, I haven't punched but, someone I mean, in the face today, then I'm doing yeah. a good job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, sometimes was, it's true. But. I'm that was that was me as a <laughs> I haven't We've heard the stories. Yes, I haven't committed assault in at least a week. So. <laughs> So clearly, I need nothing else in this life. <laughs> See, we're all good. There yeah, we go. We're, good. we're all good. Everything's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Why would I need Jesus on top of that? That's just, I'm living in the overflow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Clarissa, what are some other uh, attacks that you've seen that youth face nowadays? Um, one recently that just came, got brought up in small groups the other day was some of the students were just baffled that some police or police, some people believe in Jesus, but they don't believe that Satan's real and vice versa. Like some kids believe that there's a devil, but there's no God. Honestly, and that so, kind of baffles me too, because one doesn't really exist without the other. Exactly. And it's just like that. It, Satan keeps like twisting things. To convince people that he's not real. Mm-hmm. So then there's no need for a savior. If he's not real causing havoc. That is one that I've actively heard fairly often. It's like, why would a loving God throw people into hell? Yeah. It's like, God doesn't throw people into hell. People walk in willingly with God screaming. Well, we were already going to hell. Yes. Like, that was our destination. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, like, if anything, God is fighting to... For us. Fighting yeah. for us. Like, mm-hmm. trying to, like, turn our heads yeah. towards heaven. That's why yeah, he still hasn't just, come back it's yet. Our, yes. It's, it's on us to choose. Like, the only reason why the planet hadn't been set on fire yet is because, like, God is fighting to give us every single opportunity to choose heaven rather than to tacitly like yeah. uh choose hell and you know where you can find that in, in the bible what is that bible. is that is that in that bible thing people keep telling me about uh, i don't know i heard that it was inspired by god what? but uh, i don't know what's like god breathes useful for teaching rebuking <laughs> something, something 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 like something, that something, i, I yeah. don't know that it's inerrant <laughs> and without error and it's, yeah okay it's something like that yeah so kind of switching tax uh what is the most rewarding part of working in youth ministry um seeing i i took some notes but um yes this is about as professional as it gets um (laughs) seeing the holy spirit build relationships for the adults and the students and the students with the students and even some of the leaders Mm -hmm. together and the aha moments where the students are like Oh, yeah, and how that helps build their testimony and makes them more confident in the Lord. So the other night we were having an altar call 
And uh, it was a very, it felt very um, heavy in the room because it felt like the Holy Spirit was like trying to draw some people, trying to draw some people. And the enemy's like, I don't want that to happen. And uh, one of our students, um, she came up for prayer, which is a very bold thing to do, to say, I need prayer. Um, and I prayed with her. And then right after that, another student came up and uh, Clarissa prayed with her. And afterwards, I talked to that initial student, the first student, the brave, bold student that came up. And afterwards, she goes, I just felt like God told me that if I didn't go, she wasn't going to go. And so I got up there because, and I was like, that is a testament. That's huge. It's huge that our students, when they get that, when they get that, how you live your life and what you choose to do and how, when you are surrendered to him, you are shining a light into dark places, even into places that you didn't realize were dark, even into the lives of those around you that you thought, oh, they're probably fine. They're not. We yeah. need, you don't know. We need each you other. You can't see inside, yeah. inside your neighbor's brain. Yeah. So those moments, those are the rewards. Yeah. Those are the rewards. Those are the things that you need to celebrate. I also love that she can hear the voice of God so clearly exactly. at such a young age. That's exactly. what I was fixing to say. It's the aha moments of them actually picking up that they understand who, like the Holy Spirit speaking to them. Yes. And being, because even that second student she was talking about when her and I were talking, she was talking about kind of how, in a sense, it was like the Holy Spirit was saying one thing to her and the devil was saying something else. And she could differ- differentiate the two voices. Yes. That was like a total and that's, difference. Yeah. And that's it. Like, yeah. we're here to steward that. <laughs> I almost just fell out of the chair. <laughs> <laughs> I almost just tipped backwards out of the chair. I'm Professional. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I hope you do. <laughs> Oh, that's we're top notch. Yes, that's why they pay us the big bucks. <laughs> and by big bucks, I mean nothing. I mean, this is free, guys. Swivel chairs. Swivel chairs. Swivel chairs. Okay. But yes, but that, aha moments. The yes. aha moments. Yes, yeah. the, the sheep hearing that's, his voice. Yeah. yeah, being able to build these relationships with kids who come out of broken homes because a lot yes. of them come from broken homes. Yes, who aren't looking for all the big things that you can throw at them. They're looking for someone to sit with them, to listen, mm-hmm. to put up with their stubbornness because mm-hmm. they know if you stick around long enough, they'll start dropping those walls and they can trust you. Yep, that was me as a as a yeah. student. Um, our kids don't want a cool Jesus; they want a real Jesus. Yeah, yeah. they want real. They want. Honestly, I would argue that they don't want to, like, you could say that of the, the, the ministers, you could say that of the volunteers. Yes. They don't want, a, they don't want a cool no, minister, they, don't they want, want a real minister. Yeah. They want fun, but you can have fun sitting around a table, yeah. playing a card game, laughing, and building relationships. I think, um, and this might be a word for, like, people in rural ministry, mm-hmm. like, you don't need all the things. No, you they don't need you. yourself. They just need you. Yeah. They don't need all the things. Like, have it outside. Go mm-hmm. to lunch. If they have off-campus lunch, go to them and do a Bible study. Yep. Like, if you don't have a building, figure out a way to just be Take with them. Take a daggum them. frisbee out into a field. Or just be just with like, them. Yeah. yeah. Just be with them. Yeah. Because that's what they want more than anything yeah. is your presence and consistency. Yep. That's going to speak more to them down the road. They're going to – down the road, they're going to be like, my my youth pastor 
these people invested was around. in me. They yeah. invested in me. They my loved youth pastor me. genuinely loved me as a yes, person. Exactly. They loved which me. unfortunately is not a universal thing that I've heard across the board. Like I've heard a lot of stories of, of like, oh, I stopped going to church willingly because my youth pastor hated me as a person. They thought I was difficult. They thought I, I like it felt like I wasn't worth their time. This youth pastors have an enormous impact. I don't think like I know that like being in children's ministry and youth ministry is often a thankless job, but I don't think that people truly realize just how much of an impact youth ministers have yeah. on these kids because this is such a formative age. Yeah. Like, well, like, and and growing up, I didn't have uh, – I had a, an associate pastor who um, was assigned the youth ministry to be a thing. Yeah. And uh, let's just say it was not great. It yep. wasn't a great circumstance, and I did not – the only thing I looked forward to was youth camp. That's the only thing. And youth camp changes I, – I can't even say – Youth camp is everything, across the board. So right. I, I love youth. I was saved at youth camp. From fact, mm-hmm. on my twelfth birthday, I, w- I came to Christ at a youth camp. Yeah, youth it's, camp is essential. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's essential. So another question: Why volunteer in youth? What does it do for the kids? What does it do for the minister? What does it do for the volunteer? Clarissa. Um, okay, since I'm a volunteer, you are. Um, to me, what it's done with me is. I started praying for compassion and the Lord definitely will show you compassion through these broken kids. Yes. Um, because they're going to be hard, but you're going to build these relationships and you're going to love them so much and you just want to see them succeed and you want them to know Jesus and the things that he can do for them like he's done for me. And so that's been probably the biggest part is, yeah. Janet, why work youth? Well, as the youth pastor, we need help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't do it by myself, and I don't want to do it by myself. And because, yes, God has placed me in that position as the leader, but in ministries in the church, it's about teamwork. It's about us all getting in there in the trenches together and being with these students and I only have my own life experience to draw from, but one of the best things I can say to do is if you have solid leaders, put them in the pulpit and have them share their testimony. Like, don't be the only one at the mic. Put uh, put students, solid leadership students in the mic. Um, I just, it's so important to volunteer and to be there for those students and there's special relationships that happen with volunteers and the students it's true some some of my dearest friends today are people that i was uh I don't want to say uh, minister to so much as wrangled by yeah. <laughs> yeah. ministry. Yeah. Like, I would just like to give a shout out to the youth ministry of First Baptist Garland. Mm-hmm. God bless you. You are wonderful. You gave me such a great foundation of faith. And I know I did not make it easy. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I want to piggyback off of. That was my other thought. And I totally forgot it. Yes. But is youth, my youth period of life was the most like almost impactful part of my life. It I struggled with identity like everyone does. And without those leaders there to instill the things that I didn't understand 
I was raised in church my whole life, but until you're a young adult and actually having to go to scripture for everything, go to prayer for everything, and go in intercession for things, and do all these different things, you don't know why you do it. You just do it because it feels right. So, also, I want to instill that into these leaders of tomorrow because that's yeah, what they are, are. There are next missionaries. There mm-hmm. are next mm-hmm. ministry leaders. And they you don't know are who it's gonna be. next. No, and you yeah. don't. And so that's why it's important to volunteer yep. because you will get to be a part of the next generation of what God wants to do in his church. Yeah. And that is important. Amen. So Janet, what would you say to a, a woman who is just starting out her career as a youth minister? Um, I would say one, there's, there's lots of different versions of lead women youth ministers and so I can speak specifically to the fact that my husband is the lead pastor of the church and um which is not usually or always the case um have a good relationship with your lead pastor um in a appropriate way yeah (laughs) you know like guard yourself guard yourself and because there is unique challenges that come when you are the, a woman in ministry yeah. mm-hmm. in a male predominant field, yeah. field, yeah. yeah, there's just things that we have to do and put into place um, to guard ourselves. So I would say that I would say find people in it that are doing it now and ask a lot of questions. Um, I would say reach out to the district office because they are Heath and Alicia are amazing and always willing to answer whatever questions you have go to events yes go to events and then when you're there meet other leaders yes please make friends (laughs) build relationships (laughs) go to youth ministers retreat even if i know it's scary sometimes to go by yourself but go do it other ministry leaders also want relationship so do it go and build relationships because I some of my really good friends are in youth ministry and uh and I go to them when I need them um expect challenges teenagers are brutal yep but they're awesome when you are are consistent be consistent when you're consistent it means everything to them so show up and bring food yes Definitely bring snacks. Snacks. Make learn how to make snacks that you can stretch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. And low tech. Like kids just want you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're a mom to them, a spiritual mom to them, do that. Like embrace that. You know, do it safely. Do it. You know, don't go by yourself to go pick up a male student. There's some things that. Like, like common sense stuff. Yes, like Google, like YouTube thing, like YouTube things. Like ask your pastor about um, background checks on stuff. Make sure that you get all of the information. Ask ask so many questions mm-hmm. that you feel like you're bothering people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like because learning, you should always be learning. And also, if you want to know more about the Bible, I also highly recommend going to Oklahoma School of Ministry. Yeah. And building relationships that way too. Yeah. So 
Because so many of my relationships have been built that way too. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. What about you, Clarissa? Can what you rephrase you your question again? Yes. Uh, Sorry. What, what advice do you have for someone who's just starting out volunteering for a youth ministry? Um, don't have standards. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you're going to get in there and you're going to think all these things are going to change, kind of like I was saying earlier. And you you think you can just walk into these kids' lives and it's not going to be that easy. It's yeah. not. You definitely have to rely on the Holy Spirit's guidance. Mm-hmm. And just pray continuously for these students. Like, if you don't have a heart for kids and you want to be in youth ministry, start praying for a heart for students. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Because without yeah. it, without you're going to fail. Yeah, we need – if your relationship with God is strong and you seek him, he will get you through all of that. Yeah. Amen. And he will send you the people to help you. Yeah. But it's your job to make sure your relationship with God is where it needs to be. Agree. And don't replace your relationship with the Lord with ministry. Yes. Amen. <laughs> like just because you're teaching, just because you read the Bible to like to create a lesson doesn't mean that you spent time with God. No. Yeah, exactly. No, you need you need a Sabbath. You need yep. a time with the Lord and you need rest. And it is not selfish. And I know a lot of women in ministry, sometimes they have kids or they have spouses that don't work in the ministry or they have things pulling on them left and right don't that should be the last thing you give up Mm -hmm. the last thing you give up is time with god amen yeah absolutely you're gonna burn yourself out yeah Yeah. well ladies it has been a pleasure thank you so much for joining us today thank you for giving us your wisdom thank you for giving us your laughter thank you for putting up with me almost (laughs) falling out of my chair I was going to say, I'm glad no injuries were happened in the making of this podcast. The, yes. The, the night's still yet. No, <laughs> no ministers were injured in the making of the encouragement <laughs> court. <laughs> okay. For, for the rest of you listening, don't forget to follow us on Facebook. We are the Oklahoma Network of Women Ministers. There's an entire community there waiting for you. Just hop on, say hello. We'll take it from there. If, if you want more information on who we are as people, go to okag.org. Uh, you can find us listed there on ministries. Uh, if you want to find us on Instagram, we are at NWM Oklahoma. Other than that, I hope you all have an amazing day. Stay safe, make wise choices, and bye!